So I want to start out um, by reading 1 Peter 5, 7, and 9. I'll give you a second to get there. So it says, give all your worries and care to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And we're going to say a quick prayer to calm my nerves. I don't know about all y'all, but... Uh, Lord, thank you for the time that we could gather together today. Lord, I pray that this message is relevant. And that it, uh, it gives someone the ability to take the next step forward from wherever they are. Lord, I pray that you would bring to remembrance everything that you've given me and that I don't forget a single thing. Lord, I pray that it blesses someone in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, I started this, uh, this message way back in April when our pastor's wife had an idea, since we couldn't gather, we could, you know, still be inspired. And so on our ladies' page, we started what was called infectious inspiration. And um, I had wrote one, I had the privilege of writing one one week and it was called, God, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. So I started this way back in April and he, like, he's, like uh, Papa Pastor said, I call him my Papa Pastor because he's my Papa and my Pastor. Um, you know, he, called, he contacted me I think on Wednesday and I was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and carry on that little little bitty inspiration that I had back then. And then Friday hit, and we lost that young man in our community. And if the ripple of that affected so many, I didn't know him personally, but I knew his mom. And I knew friends of his, and it's just every, everyone I ran into, they all knew him. You know, and something like that in this community we all create ripples, and we all affect the next person. And we, you know, we touch people that we don't even know that we touch. And so, well, I was like getting my, my message together, and then that happened, and I was like, okay, that's even more, you know, confirmation that this is what I was supposed to speak on. So, I wanted to expand on that a little bit. Um, you know, because we're in 2020, and let's face it, you know, 2020 has kind of been an emotional teenager who hates everyone and doesn't have the Wi-Fi password. It's just kind of how it's been nonstop. It's been tough. Um, <laughs> and they don't have LTE either. I mean, let's just lay that on top of it. They have no electronics, period. Um, I have a teenager. He's almost a teenager. I know, I know how this goes, but... Um, it's been tough, and it's not only been tough on our physical health, but it's been tough on our mental health. Um, probably more to some on our mental health than on our actual physical health. And it's added a lot of not okay to our lives. I mean, there's already a lot of not okay 
situations and moments in our lives. And then this on top of it is just added more and more. And I know myself, I've had those moments where I'm like, God, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And it's something that I've said a lot over the years in quiet whispers to God because I was always afraid to admit it to others that I'm just, I'm not okay because I'm a Christian. You know, I'm supposed to be full of joy and peace that passes all understanding all of the time, right? And I felt guilty, like maybe I'm not reading my Bible enough, maybe I'm not praying enough. And all these things might have been true, but at the same time, we as Christians go through stuff still. You know, digging into the Word and spending more time in prayer with thanksgiving and praise, those are all really great ideas for any situation. But all too often, people paint Christian life as a walk in the park. And it's just not. Like the second you invite Christ into your heart, all your problems go away. And it's almost like false advertising. <laughs> you know? Like that miracle aging skin defying cream that they found in like some secret forest and secret part of the earth that hadn't been discovered yet. That really just leaves your skin oily and you break out more. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just me. I don't, you know, I just guess it made me more humble. <laughs> but we live in the same world as everybody else. And we all have seasons that fall upon us that can make us miserable and miserable to be around. Sorry in advance, babe. I'm sorry about that. And to my family. Last Christmas was not fun for my family to be around me. Um, you know what? Everyone's not okay looks a lot different than everybody else's. Everyone has a different not okay. You know, be it anxiety, depression, physical ailments, loss of a loved one, loss of income, job stress, stress, addictions, other mental health issues, change. I know people who have very big problems with change. You know, marital troubles. The list goes on and on and on. And we have a lot coming up against us in this life. The two main issues that I want to touch on today is anxiety and depression. Because I feel everything else seems to come back to those. Or they're connected somehow. So I know everyone says Webster design defines Google. You know, Webster defines anxiety. I use Google. And Google defines anxiety as intense, excess, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. You get a fast heart rate. You have rapid breathing. You're sweating. You're feeling tired. And I always kind of describe, described it as impending doom around every corner. Impending doom. And that's kind of what anxiety was for me. Like, I had, I, and again, I'll admit it, I had anxiety attacks every Sunday night. Every Sunday night. I'm a small business owner, and my business depends on my staff being in the building, okay? As do many other businesses. And every Sunday night, I was like, okay, who's going to call in sick? That means that this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and I'm going to have to do this, and this, and this. And I would have an anxiety attack. Um, 
I'd have anxiety attacks walking into hard situations, you know, like it, it wasn't just like stress. It was, my chest is closing up, I cannot breathe, my heart rate is through the roof, like over and above stress. And I went to the doctor for it, because I didn't know what it was. My heart rate would just jump out of nowhere, it'd be like one whatever over 70, like way up there. And I went and saw my doctor, I'm like, I'm having heart palpitations, I have, a, I have an issue, a big issue. And... <laughs> doctor was like, okay, well, let's put you on this and see how it goes. And I'm like, wait a minute. What is that? Like, I know you're a doctor and all, but like, what is that? It was an anti-anxiety med. And I was like, no, that's not what it is. I don't have anxiety. I'm fine. I'm just a little stressed out. Okay. And then I really started looking into it. Like, I was like, thanks, doc, but I'm going to go ahead and go. I'll just write that check and I'm going to go on my way. And I looked into it. And I was like, good night. Like, the physical ailments that stress and anxiety brought on me, I thought I was having a heart attack. Like, I had a heart problem. Well, maybe I did, in another sense. But I, it physically affected me. It wasn't just stress. My whole entire body, from my stomach like stomach aches, stomach issues, wrapped all the way around my lungs, squeezing my heart. Like I felt like I had a, I couldn't breathe. I had something squeezing my esophagus. It was physically affecting me. And so, you know, and that, and that, that, made, that brought me back to depression. And Google defines depression, not Webster. Sorry, I don't use Webster. It's, it's all on Google anyways, <laughs> because they have all of them. They have Webster listed and then like, you know, mental health, yeah. So depression is a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities, causing significant impairment in daily life. Possible cause include a combination of biological, psychological, and social, social sources of distress. Increasingly, re increasingly research suggests these factors may cause changes in brain function, including altered activity of certain neural circuits in the brain. For me, this goes way back to when my babies were little, I, I was just a hot mess all the time. I was crying at weird situations. I just couldn't find joy in anything. Like, you know, just smiling and laughing is just not something that I did very much. I had to train myself to say yes to my kids because everything was no. I had to train myself to say yes. And I just wasn't in a positive frame of mind. And I thought maybe there was something off like in my thyroid, okay? Because I was having other physical ailments. Again, it affected me physically. And so I went to the doctor and my doctor knew me has known me for a really, really long time, gave birth to both my babies, and he just like put the chart down and he looked at me and he's like, well, sweetheart, you're depressed. I'm like, no, again. <laughs> I know you're a medical expert and everything, but no, you're wrong. I try not to be that person, but it just kind of happens. But, and I thought about it, and depression does run in my family. 
And I told him, I'm like, I have no reason to be depressed. My marriage is fantastic. My children are healthy and beautiful. You know, my husband, you know, works really hard for our family. I get to stay home with my babies. Like, that's ridiculous. I have no reason to be depressed at all. And he's like, well, it's not, it's not, it's not environmental. It's not environmental. It's chemical. And so after he diagnosed me with depression, I was even more depressed. <laughs> and I remember Hossie was like, babe, you know what the problem is. We have a solution. What is wrong with you now? Well, he wasn't that mean about it, but it's so many words. <laughs> Sorry, babe. But, you know, it was like, what? we have a solution. We have a road. Why are you more depressed? And I was more depressed about having the diagnosis. You know, because I was like, man, I thought that I was, I was good on that. You know, I thought I was through that and that I, w I, I got out scot-free. I wasn't going to be affected by that. And it, it killed me to hear him say that. And he was right. And, you know, I took, you know, I started taking low-dose antidepressants to help me through it. And I started studying on other things that I can do you know, with my spiritual self to get through it, and eventually I didn't have to be on antidepressants anymore. So those are the two main things that I want to kind of focus on because they're the two main things that I have experience in. And so, like, as I'm reading through, like, trying to find depression and anxiety and through the Bible, those words anxiety was, but depression wasn't really a word that was used biblically. And I'm like, these emotions aren't new. Like every, I mean, people have gone through this for millions and thousands, full thousands of years, right? And the Bible is filled with stories with people just like us that have felt them too. They're just called different things, like a spirit of heaviness, or being downcast, or feelings of despair, or they were troubled. Those kinds of things were so when I'm reading the Bible and, or I'm studying a character in a story, I try to think about the emotions that they were feeling when they were faced with a certain situation. A lot of times when we're reading the Bible, we can just, you know, read the words on the page and try to get to the, you know, try to get to the, the moral of the story. It's, uh, you know, we read the beginning and the rising action, the climax, and then the falling action, and then the resolution. But what is the story telling me about their emotions? What did they really go through? Behind the words of the story, what were they facing? How were they feeling? Like Moses. So, okay, so, okay, I just got to warn you guys, I think in cartoon, okay? I really do. Think about it, though. Think about it. Sometimes you do, too. Think about it, okay? So I'm like, you know, picturing Moses and like sweating bullets. And he's like, you Pharaoh, you, you let my people go. Okay. Yeah. The most powerful man in Egypt, you let my people go. And I'm just Moses, the wanted murderer, you know, who was an orphan. You know, think about it. That is some stressful stuff. I, you know, 
I can just see him like sitting in his tent with his wife, telling her like the, the, this burning bush told me to go to the Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Can you, I could just see it as like him saying it like as a joke that wasn't a joke. That was so crazy that it could be a joke, but it wasn't funny. You know what I mean? Like she's like, yeah, wait, what? You know, and then the panic and the fear sets in. Like that's what I see in that situation and the emotions that filled that tent all of a sudden. You know, like you can't do that. I forbid it. <laughs> you stay home. Like, they're going to kill you. I mean, this is serious stuff. Like, this is crazy. You can't go back to Egypt and tell the Pharaoh. Like, you can't do that. Do you know who you are? Like, seriously. <laughs> you know? And that was just the beginning of what Moses was supposed to be doing. That was just a drop in the bucket. That was just the first thing. So, you know... I don't blame Moses for being a hot mess at all. Noah, let's talk about Noah for a second. And then again, think, I think in cartoon, okay? So jobs, job stress with Noah, like a hundred year job stress, right? It took him like a hundred years to build, 120 years to build the ark. So I could just like, I could just see it in my mind, like God's like, okay, it's gonna rain, like a lot. Okay, like the whole world's going to be covered in water. And Noah's like this, you know, he's, you know, respected man. And he's like, okay. Feeling a little freaked out, but okay. And God's like, okay, I need you to build this boat. Noah, okay, that makes sense. Let's build a boat. Okay, here are the plans. I need it big enough to fit two of every animal and all their food. Freaking out a little bit. Okay. Thank you for the plans. Okay. Couldn't have done that on my own. That's cool. Okay. God's like, you got this? You're the perfect person for the job? No one's ever done it before. Oh, and um, you need to re-inhabit the earth after all of this goes by because everyone else is going to drown. Good luck. <laughs> Who's had a boss like that? <laughs> right? I mean, Noah, I can just see him just be like, no words. Right? Oh, it's scary. I, I, here's a project. No one's ever done it before. You're the perfect man for the job. Good luck. I freak out. I'd be like, um, I'm not okay. Like, right off the bat. And what about Naomi? Naomi dealt with some great loss. I mean, not only she lost one, like her husband, she lost all her children too. And like one loss can tell, just throw us into a tailspin, but three. And the emotion from those losses left her depressed and bitter. And she, it was so bad that she even wanted to change her name to something that was sad and bitter. She wanted to be left alone, pushing everyone away so she could just stew in her pity. I've been there. Last Christmas, like November, December, I just wanted to lock myself in my room, and I didn't want to talk to anybody but my husband and my kids. Like, that was it. I just, I want to shut my business down. I want to close the doors. I want to do something else, and I don't want to talk to anybody. It was, it was hard. It was really hard. 
So I, I get it. Like she just wanted to stew in her own pity and everyone deals with loss differently. I was dealing with a loss. I lost a coworker to a car accident, right? One of my employees. And it was tough. And everyone deals with that loss differently. And everyone copes with loss at different paces. Another individual that dealt with great loss was Job. Another great example of someone who just dealt with incredible loss, so much, so heavy, that his physical health was gone. So bad that his wife was like, just end it. Just curse God and die. Just end it. I don't want to see you like this anymore. I'd rather you pass away than see you go through. I mean, it was that bad. The physical the physical toll was so bad that she was like, just end it. And, you know, the, the despair that you're already feeling and then your health being bad on top of it and then the negativity around you, even the cherry on top, that's heavy, heavy. What about David? Looking at the Psalms, we can learn a lot about depression and PTSD. David fought lions, bears, giants, many wars, and he was running from his life from a young boy from jealous kings and hiding in the desert and, you know, just always on the run. He suffered incredible loss of family members and children. I mean, this guy went through a lot of stuff. And it's not far-fetched to say that he had some pretty serious PTSD going on. A lot of not-okay moments. He literally screamed until he had no voice through most of the scripture. In Psalm 38, 17, David writes, For I am about to fall, and my pain is ever with me. I feel that verse so deep in my core sometimes. Just like I can't handle the weight of it. When is my relief coming? In Psalm 6, 3, he says, My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? So, so many of these not okay moments can cause us not to see the blessing right in front of us. And it can cause us not to feel God's presence. So, it could actually cause us not to feel anything, actually. Just despair and anguish, as David does in these psalms. So let's go back to 1 Peter 5, 7 through 9. Let's kind of go through that for a minute. So verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Along with that verse, I also like Philippians 4, 6. I was given this verse at a Hope Restored um, at a Hope Restored event. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And, sorry, I got, I got four scriptures here. Psalm 46.10, Be still, know that I am God. And finally, Ephesians 2.13-15, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, 
But now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Be still. Know that I, God, I have it under control. Know that I, God, have a plan. Know that I want good things for you. God wants good things for you. Be honest with God about what you're feeling. He gets it. He created you. Look at all the hot messes he's dealt with in the Bible. I think he has a pretty good understanding. He gets it. He created you. He knows. He knows you're a hot mess. No one else might, but he knows. Thank him. Thank him for your many gifts. Even, I know it's hard because you can't see it, but even just thanking him for the air in your lungs. Thank you that I'm awake today. Thank you for the air in my lungs. Even if you're lying in your bed crying, thank you for the air in my lungs, Lord. Thank him also for the hard time you're going through. You know, it's tough to do that, but you're going through it for a reason. It's not for nothing. Know that he is God and nothing is too big for him. And finally, Ephesians, you've been united with Christ. You belong to him. Let your faith grow and be inspired just by knowing that you belong to him. Just by that. Let the guilt go that maybe it's because I'm not reading my Bible enough. Maybe it's not because I'm not praying enough. You belong to him. You are his. Let that be inspiring enough. Even if every day you're like, you wake up and you have an anxiety attack. Nope. God, I'm yours, and that's enough to get me through the day. And pretty soon, even if you're saying it, you know, like, fake it till you make it. (laughs) that's depression and anxiety right there. I can tell you right there because there was a lot of times that I didn't feel being, I didn't feel thankful, that I didn't feel good, that I just wanted to lock myself in my room. I wasn't thankful for much. I wasn't feeling anything. But you just got to break through and think about it. God, thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you that I'm yours. Thank you that I'm yours. Number nine. Nope, sorry, number eight. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone he may devour. Make it a daily practice. Every time I feel my anxiety rising up in my chest and my heart starts racing, I say a prayer. Just say a little prayer, even if it's just something so simple. It doesn't have to be this elaborate, well-thought prayer. Like, Lord, just, just get me to lunchtime. You know, Lord, just get me through this next meeting. Lord, make the path straight in front of me. I'm going into this meeting. It's going to be ugly. Like, Lord, I don't want to have this conversation with this person. This is a tough conversation. Make the crooked place straight there for me, God. Just put my feet on a path, and I'm just going to walk it. You do all everything else, and I'm just going to be there. Stay alert. Be proactive. 
You got a mighty God in your corner, and you belong to him. Keep your faith in that. That roaring lion, that's anxiety. That's depression. That's addiction. That's, that's everything. These are all tools the devil uses to steal our peace and devour us. If he can take your peace, he can take your faith. You know, Haas and I went through something when our kids were little where Quinn wasn't sleeping. And that spirit was coming to steal our peace. And believe me, it was not peaceful in that house right at that moment. And Papa Gary said that. He can steal your peace. He can steal your faith. And number nine, stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You're not alone. You are not alone. It's okay to not be okay. Seek help. Ask people to be praying for you. Go see a doctor. I did. And there's nothing wrong with that. God gave them those talents for a reason. Stay on your prayers. Stay on being, keep those steps. But at the same time, it's okay to go see a doctor. So always talk to someone about your shirt. Like I said, you know, I was like, well, I can't feel this way. Talk to someone, maybe someone who's going through the same thing you are. Or someone who you can confide in. Have a prayer partner. And don't be ashamed. It doesn't make you any less of a Christian. David was a man after God's own heart. God chose him to be king over all of his people from a very young age. And David was so broken. This should be inspiring to everyone. Especially those who suffer with depression and anxiety. PTSD or any other kind of health, mental health hurdle. Because these hurdles don't mean you have a weak walk with God. God will use you. We're all broken in one way or another, and God uses it all for good. Look at Moses. Moses was an orphan murderer who was on the run. God still used him. God took Moses through many impossible situations and gave him an exit, a.k.a. the exodus. <sighs> I'm sure Moses was scared out of his mind, but he took the steps in faith and trusted God, and God led him through it. Don't let fear cripple you. Don't let it cripple you. Just take that step in faith, and God will lead you through it. Let's look, let's look at Noah again. Noah was a righteous man who lived in a broken time. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't deserve the... the the rain and the flood that was coming to him. He was given what seems to be an impossible task by us. <laughs> but his faith in God led him and helped him complete it, and his family stayed above water. Many times we feel that weight at work. I need this job to keep my family afloat. I need this job. I need this job to put food on the table. Pray for favor. Pray for guidance. I'm sure Noah prayed for guidance continually. I read part of it, and they like, 
painted pitch all over the inside of that. And I'm like, what about your sticky feet at the end of it? I think, I think in cartoon. I'm like, what do we do about this, God? It's very sticky. Sorry. I just think in cartoon. I can't help it. And Naomi, the loss, loss is incredibly tough. Bitterness can take root so easily through the loss of a loved one. And in Naomi's case, the loss of her husband and the sons and her sons and the future lineage, her future was gone. Allowing bitterness to grow in her almost changed who she was as a person. And she was loving and wise and respected. Naomi was taken care of for the rest of her days. Um, let's, sorry, sorry, I skipped the line. So God used Naomi's loss to lead Ruth to Boaz. Okay? Naomi, Naomi was taken care of for the rest of her days in Ruth and Boaz's home. And she even took care and helped raise the children who were the ancestors to Jesus Christ. So God can take loss. Remember I said ripples earlier? God can take our loss and use it to further his word, further his promise, maybe in someone else's life too. We create ripples in other people's lives. So Job, through the loss of all of his possessions, his land, his family, his business, his employees, and finally his health, Job kept his faith in God. He held on to his faith, and he knew that he would be delivered. No, even when everyone else around him was saying, dude, what'd you do? Or, just give up and die. Just give up. But he kept his faith. And God did just that. He delivered him. And God showed up in a big way and restored everything he, lo he lost and more. God lays it out in so many of the stories. He took their not okay situation and he used it. And he used it for his purpose. We are all on our own. We are all in our own world making, making it work with kids and spouses and jobs and having a life and having friends. And we go through different seasons at different times. Some are easier than others. others. Some are really, really hard. And you don't see the end in sight. Take a deep breath and know there's a reason for the season that you're in and it won't last forever. The situation you're in, you're not okay, will one day be an encouraging word for someone else. I couldn't have spoke on this had I not gone through it. And it was tough. It was tough. Think of it every time you go through something. So think of it in a way that every time you go through something, it's God putting another tool in your tool belt, another weapon in your arsenal. So the next time that lion comes around roaring and getting ready to pounce, you have that. Whether, and it may be in someone else's life. You see that lion ready to devour someone else. And you can step in with your tools and help someone else. That's why we go through these things. Because we're, we're ripples. It's okay not to be okay. Being a Christian 
It's not a stroll in the park, but we have peace knowing that God is in control and he is a big, big God. You're not alone. Again, you are not alone. Keep the faith. You are his. Be still and know. That's what I have. I love it. So let me just let me just share. I, I'm not going to add anything to what she said because it was powerful. But when I was sitting there, and I knew she was about to turn it to me, it just came to me: if we continue to walk by faith, one day our "I'm not okay" will wind up being our testimony. We all face challenges. We all face situations that come to try our faith. But if we walk by faith and not by sight, one day our not okay is going to wind up being our testimony for the Lord. Bow your heads, please. Father in heaven, Lord, I thank you for the word of God that was shared with us today. Thank you for the messenger that shared it. And Lord, I just sense in my spirit that there are some that are here that are going through that I'm not okay. And Lord, right now, help us to determine that we are going to hold fast to the hand of God. And we are going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And we're going to keep on believing and keep our hand in your hand. And one day, Lord, we ask that you turn our I'm not okay into a testimony of your grace and your power, how you saw us through. Touch our hearts here this morning. Touch our lives here this morning. Let this word be embedded in our spirit. And when we face challenges, let the Holy Spirit just rise up within us to know that you work all things for our good. And Lord, we may be going through a trial, but you're going to bring us out on the other side. And it may not be all okay right now, but it shall be well. That was the testimony of the little widow woman whose son died. And I say this morning to you, it shall be well. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. We ask these things. Lord, as we dismiss from the service this morning, thank you for meeting with us here today. And I just pray that you would go with each one, watch over the families of the Elevation Worship Center, bring us back at an appointed time to worship you once again. In Christ's name, we ask these things. And everyone in agreement said amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Amen. Let no or let Brooke know you appreciated her word this morning. Will you do that? Amen. Amen.